Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is Sleepy Love from Sweet and Friends, and you are listening to I Am Envy on Blog Talk Radio with your host, K City. Yeah, it's a world movement thing. Moving the world with their music. Loving it.
goes out to all the lovely ladies, all the grown and sexy, all the fly and fabulous ladies. I got one question for y'all. Get what a do, girl? What a do, girl? What a do, girl? With me and you. What a do, girl? What a do, girl? What a do, girl? With me and you. What a do, girl? What a do, girl? What a do, girl? With me and you. What a do, girl? What a do, girl? What a do, girl? In the world, and I ain't seen one find a sheet or her. Maybe stumble on my words, maybe praise the Lord, hallelujah. But I'm not in church, it works. Lock your eyes, what's the master plan? Exchange to the names, leave the shaking of the hands. A little conversation, cause I knew I'd make a laugh. It's instinct, that instinct, the sevens I'ma add, knew she had. The qualities I'm looking for, topping all the last that a man couldn't ask for more. Know she got her own as a reflection of a credit score. Material to visuals and living in this girl's world. So, of course, a relation I pursue. I bust it so she loves it like a cupid's got the flu. It's true. I ain't seen them fly as you. Shout it, girl, I'm pursuing. I'ma see what it do. What it do, girl? What it do, girl? What it do, girl? With me and you. What it do, girl? What it do, girl? What it do, girl? With me and you. What it do, girl? What it do, girl? What it do, girl? With me and you. What it do, girl? What it do, girl? What it do, girl? For my dream, just throw it in the bag Cause when we out shopping, don't worry about the tag The Lexus is breathless, like you sport a gag Don't trip off what you had, now you made it to the big league So much piece of sweat that your arms get fatigued Just ask, baby girl, you can have what you please If you lack in that plastic, goodbye to double D's Didn't mean to offend you, think of it like a list Show you what I can do, know you independent in yourself You can handle, if you wish, this is Let me know what it is Forever got you on patience, on patience Like I was your doctor, I know that you got options The best never lose, so if you wanna win a baby, tell me what it do What it do, girl, what it do, girl, what it do, girl With me and you, what it do, girl, what it do, girl, what it do, girl With me and you, what it do, girl, what it do, girl, what it do, girl With me and you, what it do, girl, what it do, girl, what it do, girl I think of the other one and vice versa, maybe, because you guys are keeping people 
like me, alive. 70s music that's lasted 50 years, still on the radio, withstood disco and rap and hip-hop and everything else, and people still want to hear, just don't want to be lonely. Thank you for this interview, my friend. What can I tell you? Thank you. <laughs> hey, man, well, listen, I know who you are, but uh, I'm going to play like I don't, man, because there's some fans out there that, that don't really know who Cooper Gooding Senior is, and that's what we want them to know. We want them to do that, you know, and I really want to take time right now and say thank you, man, for taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, you know, bless us, man. You know, it means a lot. It's my pleasure. Hey, listen, it's a double blessing. And let me also say with all seriousness that without people doing what you're doing, a lot of us would be lost in the sauce simply because when our music was brand new back in the uh, early 70s, they started with FM radio and they would play the songs and they'd call us by the group name. A lot of people didn't know Eddie Levert was the lead singer of the OJs. Cuba Gooding was the lead singer of the main ingredient. Uh, Billy Brown, lead singer of the moments. I mean, you know, you can't sell a secret. And then as we kept going on and the music happening, we became individuals because I got a big break in my career, though, sir, because a lot I have a son that says, show me the money. And when he said that, and his name being Let me interject one, one second, Cooper, because you all the way down where I want to go, but I want to start back at the beginning. I, I, want you to tell, I want you to tell these youngsters that's just coming into the music business, I want you to give them a little background. How did you start in the industry? I started on the street corner in Harlem, New York, the village of Harlem in New York, 116th Street, Manhattan Avenue, eight blocks away from the world-famous Apollo Theater. Now, the Apollo Theater to African Americans is like Carnegie Hall, Carnegie Hall is to Europeans, especially when I was coming up. And it was like the entertainment capital of the world, Harlem, because we had the Cotton Club. Yes, Cotton Club still exists. Sammy Davis Jr., at any moment, I might walk down the street when I was a little boy and bump into Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Sam Cooke, Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn. I mean, you know, the songsters and the actors of the past, which most of the people, like Gregory Hines, they learned from them just by watching them, either in person or uh, from an alleyway backstage to small paradise or something like that. But these people were real. And when I was coming up, I said, I, I, based on our role models, either I wanted to go to jail or I wanted to rob somebody or I wanted to be an entertainer. And those three options made it easy for me to make a decision because, you know, I always, my mom said I used to sing myself to sleep when I was a kid. Now, enough for talent. A lot of people's got talent. They've got talent all over the world. But you see, talent has to be nurtured not just by some sort of role model, but you have to believe you can do it and want to do it. And the most, the biggest things to me as a child coming up in what became a ghetto, Harlem wasn't a ghetto, Brooklyn wasn't a ghetto when I was a little boy, but it became a ghetto because of the drug thing. And when that happened, I realized the fact that if I'm going to raise a family, if I'm going to have children of my own, I want them to have a desire to be more than the examples that I was seeing in the street. Mm -hmm. So I adopted the melody and the lyric. The melody, if you're making a, if, if you're telling a story and the music is good to the ear, 
the people will lean to it. But you see, you're a throwback from the old days, Lamont, because you were on the radio. The radio is not it was happening 24-7. The radio was always on. Now we got the Internet. You know what I mean? It's a little different on how to sell this music. So hey, they, made, they, made me come, they made me come over here, though, man. I figure, how else can they stop me from playing my own music? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, the music is being played all over the world, but you see it's under different circumstances. There was a time when people like Frankie Crocker and Butterball from Philadelphia and, 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 and all of the major so-called radio personalities of disc jockeys over the East Coast, West Coast, Everywhere, even in Las Vegas, country music was played by a radio personality on the radio. But the radio was always on. You came over there. They're playing now these same where you are right now. That's just one minor place where they're playing it. It's just that we are not getting paid and getting the, reg- the recognition that we got when we had a hit record to go on Soul Train, go on American Bandstand, go in the neighborhood and sing at churches and let people know that we exist. A lot of music that people are buying on the Internet, they have never nor never will see or meet the artists that they buy over the Internet. And I think that that's a terrible thing. I don't believe that you can really become a, a, a celebrity with longevity, even if you come out of the singing groups. Most youngsters don't know the names of all of the uh, temptations uh, of living or passed away, but they know the music. They know the music of the four tops. But the names of the individuals, if they move on, just like me and Gerald Levert, we're still here. I just did a battle of the voices with the lead singer from Manhattan, Harold Melvin, Blue Notes, uh, Shylights, Delphonics. We still exist, and the music is still being made and it's still not being made, it's still being played, but the money is going to corporations. Mm-hmm. My son, Cuba Jr., says to me that the statistics will show, look at any computer that is plugged in, and it will tell you that over the past 20 years, 75% of all of the background music in commercial TV and on feature films was music from the 70s. And what was in the 70s? It was from the 60s or the 50s. Why are they still selling that? Well, you know, they think the artists are dead. They ain't got to pay no royalties. The kids don't think the, the, the artists, when they were alive, Lamont, they thought that after the two-year contract was up, they may as well go ahead and get a job somewhere because their career is over. There's no more contract. You saw the movie Cadillac Records? I yeah. mean, all of that is true. Fighting Temptations... All of the movies, all of the movies that they put out that depicted 70s music or 60s music should be a wake-up call to the youngsters. And this is why I'm saying all of this. I know you know what I'm saying is true, Lamont, but if you've got young people, which means like under the age of 40, they listen to you. They listen to you because they like the music, and if this is the music you play, this is the same music that Colin Powell was created while the radio was on playing this music. This was the same music, Sammy Davis, same music that President Obama, mom and dad, was listening to. And it's still here and it's not going anywhere. So you shouldn't have to sneak and go nowhere to play it. It is being played anyway. Right. But it's not playing, being played directly to the people. It is a backdrop 
for Cuba's next movie and Wesley Snipes' next movie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm talking and, and, too much. Go ahead, my brother. No, 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 not at all. No, what you're saying is very valuable, man, and our listeners definitely mm-hmm. want to hear it and need to hear that. But you kind of led into my next question. It was, you know, yes, how has how has it changed? How has the industry changes affect you over the years? But you kind of basically spoke on on. Um, you know, some of that, and, and I think some of that, I don't know if you looked at it this way, but this is my little take on it, the, 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 mm-hmm. the, the schools, the budgets, the, the, the cuts they have, you know, as far as the music programs, and then with the rap going on, which a lot of it is good, but there's no publishing value in rap. Rappers don't rap, other rappers rap. So that goes back to what you're saying, the value in the song. So they really didn't have a whole lot to pull from for these commercials and stuff, but the 60s and 70s music. I mean, they, that's they why they songs. use it. That's why they use it because they know it's valuable and it's really unstealable, even from those who stole it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And when you talk about rap not being valuable, most of the rap artists that survived um, the. Um, War on young black rappers Holocaust that went about around the time when Tupac was killed. Those that lived became actors and actresses, a la Queen Latifah and uh, 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 the boy in CSI. I mean, you know, see, look, uh, this cool is a business J, like anything. LL Cool J. That's right. You can't blame the music or the lack thereof on any particular thing. You can't say it was drugs. You can't say it was racism. You can't say it was ignorance. You have to say that if you are true to what you do, young men and women, and if you really want to be successful and you really don't want to continue to move in a, to move in a direction that a descendant of a slave would move into, you have to be creative. And you have to come up with something that people will buy based on listening to the human beings that exist. We sang Everybody Plays the Fool because everybody does. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> Curtis Mayfield. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. It's a timeless song. It will be played. And you see, there are youngsters under the age of 40, I could say under the age of 45, that do not know who Cuba Gooding is, but they know who the main ingredient is and think was, and they say now, because of the emergence of my sons, Omar and Cuba Jr., that, well, it is unique. But if I don't go out and perform, I don't care if I got a hit record. I believe I got 15 hit songs on a CD right now that I could give you and you could play, and if they had a record store to go to to buy it, 15 million people would go and buy it. But they will not never hear this new music that I have if I don't perform not just in their neighborhoods but in neighborhoods across from them. And not only African Americans will buy it. Everybody plays the fool was played on the white stations as they call it before it was played on the black station. I'm not talking racism. I'm talking marketing. I'm talking right. common sense. A lot of times we self discriminate. It took the Apollo Theater in Harlem about 25 years of existence, just filling up the place every weekend, five days a week, et cetera, with nothing with African-Americans and Hispanics from the neighborhood until some brave Europeans decided they were going to walk in and go through the neighborhood and not have to worry about somebody hurting them. Now it's just like when Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center was integrated. 
the music, the entertainment brings people from one place to another. Lionel Richie just became a country western artist. Imagine that after all these years. Imagine that, and their arms are wide open for him. Even owing the IRS money doesn't stop him from now becoming one of the biggest stars breathing because now he's no longer a secret, just the lead, former lead singer of, of the Commodores and had Lady and a few other hits, but right. now he has made a difference. This is what youngsters have to understand. Anything that we heard on the radio when we were coming up as youngsters, Lamont, we went in the room on the street corner on the park side and tried to make, if we sang somebody else's song, we tried to make it better. Like we did, we just don't want to be lonely in summer breeze. But to try to do exactly what you hear on the radio is suicide if well, you is. want to be a giant. Okay, so yeah. all the music that I have, I got a new thing called Begin With The Family. I'm going to give to you guys. I hope you guys will help me market it. I hope you help me promote it. And, and the world needs to know that we can't sell a seat. These folks have to know that you and I and your partner there's even a possibility that we may come with whatever the next new music is. But they won't know that un- unless you do what you're doing right now. Put me and everybody else who's working with you on the radio, and let me use my family to put us on television, okay? And let's give some people a chance that they would not have but for the experience that we have of how you can crash and burn if people don't know what you're selling. And this is what it is. This is America. This is an election year. You can sell anything in an election year. Okay? It's not just the opposite. People try to tell you, oh, well, it's an election year. Don't nobody know what's going to happen. Nobody. Can you think if Obama don't get in, everybody's going to die? Maybe only half of us will. If Obama... Boogie, you think only half of us will be angry? Maybe all of us will be angry. Maybe all of us will be happy because of his policies. But that doesn't mean you couldn't, you shouldn't see Cuba Gooding and the main ingredient in the uh, Temptations and the Shylights in concert before you die. That's right. And they're not going to. And I'm telling you, European Americans told me this. I didn't tell them that. They lined up to see great James Brown, the late James Brown, in the snow. In Harlem, when I was a little boy, it looked like salt and pepper up and down the street. Black faces, Hispanic faces, white faces running back and forth. So why do we only? Why does anybody only promote to one group? My name is Cuba. Okay, there is no Hispanic country in the world that never heard everybody plays the food. I should go there and perform all the time, but I have to have representation. That's what you youngsters have to know that you need. You need some people that will roll up their sleeves and sell what you broke your butt to create that you believe a million or more people will buy. It's very simple. And this is the same philosophy I had in raising my children. Do something different. Get a passport and go somewhere for absolutely no reason at all and realize the fact you don't have to stay in Harlem or the Bronx or Crenshaw, or Brooklyn, or the west side of Las Vegas. You don't have to be there. You're there because you choose it because you just not, you, you, you don't realize it's there. And they said to me, well, Dad, I'm glad you told me because I'd have never known it would have been a secret. 
<laughs> yep. Does that make sense, Lamont? Total sense. Total sense. Hold on, so I'm like, very happy you give me this opportunity. You know, we're doing a show for the NAACP tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow early evening in Los Angeles at the Biltmore. And we've got people calling, not only are my kids coming, but all the actors' kids are coming just so they can hear me sing Everybody Plays the Fool and maybe figure out what my wife and I did to put Cuba Jr. in a position to be only the fifth African-American at that time to win an Academy Award, 1995, in the history of the Screen Actors Guild. I don't know what we did. I was still trying to get a hit record when he was trying to do Boys in the Hood. Okay? Hold on. Cuba, hold on. Let me see. Uh, For anybody that's joined the show, the caller number is 347-308-8747. We have Cuba Gooding Sr. Press number one on your phone. Let us know that you're there, and uh, we'll let you join us. I'd love to talk to people. Is everybody in Nevada, uh, uh, or or, or they go over? Huh? Two or three. Who we got here? This is the real Richie Rich. Mr. Lamont Pettis, the top of the day to you, sir. Hello, Richard. Talking to you, Welcome sir. Who, uh, who, is he talking to you or me? I'm sorry. Well, this is Richie Rich. Uh, Cuba Gooding's online, live with us. Mr. Gooding, top of the day to you, sir. Well, uh, back at you, my young man. Uh, 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 how can I uh, assist you in, with the phone call? <laughs> well, first of all, I, first of all, I want to say it's a great pleasure to hear your voice. To um, to see you are still. You know, given the blessings that you were blessed with, um, yes, I know, I, I know, I know about your career. I followed your career. I happen to be a very good friend of your son, Omar. Which one? We've done I have three of them. Omar. Omar. Oh, Omar. Well, yeah. I saved the best yeah, for last. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I saved the best <laughs> for last. Is that what you? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just saying. You know, I, I listened in on a little of your conversation. How you were saying about. You know, people need to, you know, get a passport and explore what God has given them. So, and that's something that you did. And and as you pass it down to your kids, that's just a, a mere reflection, you know, of what you were speaking on. So I just wanted to jump in and compliment you and say it's good to have, you know, mentors like yourself that's still willing to, you know, share the information and, and give those young ones, you know, something to look forward to because, I mean, you and your cohorts back in the days broke your back, so we could, you know, still, you know, and, you know, be creative and enjoy what we we do. So I just wanted to say thank you, and Mr. Lamont. Well, thank you, you very much for thanking me. And remember, what we did, what we did, was give you an example of how we were successful with a prayer in our hearts. Most of us, Smokey yes. Robinson said the same thing. Yes. He said, yes. in a pre- that you don't make any of the mistakes that we make. Make it better. Right. There's a way to make it better. Right. Okay? There's right. a way to improve on it because the the world changes, particularly America. The difference between 1963 America and 2013 is, is, is it has a lot of similarities, but basically it's an altogether different ball game when it comes to being right. successful enough to be able to afford to feed your family. And right, right. Uh, most of you guys need to think about that. I know Omar does. He thinks, but he's saying, I'm not, I'm not contributing to the birth of a child until I know who, until I'm absolutely certain who I am. You know, and he's exactly. 34. 
He's 34. He don't know exactly who he is. He might turn around and become bigger than Colin Powell one day, be bigger than me, Frank Sinatra, and, 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 and Lionel Richie, and everybody else. Uh, exactly. Which think, means, in his mind, he's not prepared to be a parent. I exactly. got lucky. I was in my early 20s when my first son, as a matter of fact, when my first son was born, I was 17 years old. It is a miracle that I can right. even talk about parenthood right now because at 17, I was dumber than dirt, okay? <laughs> There's no reason in the world why without some sort of divine intervention that I wasn't slot, shot down in the street somewhere before I ever sang my first professional song. Right. So, I mean, the well, whole idea is, but that's a law. A law of averages say there got to be a few of me, a few right. people like me. But realistically, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I think we have another caller. Uh, 805, you're on with us. Come on. Come yes, on, 805. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you're on the line. Okay. I'm just listening. <laughs> um, it's okay. interesting to hear conversation. I talk too much. I know I talk too much, but I thought that's why they put me on here. I got a lot to say. I'm 68, and I feel great. That's great. <laughs> you should feel blessed. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You got a question? No, actually, I'm just listening. And, um, you know, I think it's really, it's really nice to actually hear your voice. You're in good spirits. Um, you have a lot of good things um, going on and lots of good, good things. That just came on the line. So just from what I'm listening to, it's, it's all positive. Well, thank you very much for listening, and I humbly thank you for that and the other fellow that's on. Because, you see, everything that I say is based on the experience that I was fortunate enough to uh, keep the devil out of my business for the most that's part. Right. I was fortunate. It's not that the devil wasn't there. If you believe in God, you've got to know that there is a devil. You know Absolutely. what I mean? If there's an up, there's a down. If there's a round, there is a flat. And uh, when youngsters listen to you, anybody younger than us, because I don't put myself in your useful category, but anybody younger than anybody on this phone together who is listening, that is a blessing. Old jacks need to teach new jacks how to listen. You know, because somebody who's 25 years old is very little they can add to this conversation if we're trying to uh, uh, keep everybody from being true to the song, everybody plays the fool on a continuum. Sooner or later, everybody makes a mistake. But you see, we have children that we give birth to that don't deserve to be victimized by any of our own prejudices or ignorances or anything else. And it's hard to get that much knowledge in a 20- or 30-year-old brain. Every time I sang a song, and we got maybe 27 different albums we recorded as main ingredient. I recorded two albums from Motown and all of that. Every time, and maybe 10 to 15 to 20 songs per album. I learned every time I stood in front of a microphone. When I sing for the NAACP tomorrow, I will learn how to sing it better than I know how to sing it now. Do you know why? Because I listen to my musicians and I listen to the response of the audience. If, you, if a person wants to hear somebody sing that has a hit record, they can play the record. When they come to see you, they want to be entertained. That's what people pay you to do, entertain them, especially in an election year. 
Right. I have to throw that right. in. I have to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I see, everybody wants to for their mind to be taken off of whatever negative that may exist in their lives. Okay, and America is the most entertained country and society on the planet Earth. Maybe I don't know. Maybe in Brazil they might a couple of weeks a year have more fun and more entertainment than we do here, but I doubt it. America like to eat though you know that that's right that's true <laughs> they they like to eat okay. I don't know well, you see food is food is a necessity that is fun when you have taste buds and you're a child, just like i I, I get back to my philosophy on parenthood. And on youngsters trying to be successful in America, even if you want to be a good uh, bricklayer, okay, you need to pay attention to what the ingredients are in order for you to win. And food is an ingredient that you need for sustenance. And you enjoy sustenance because you have taste buds. You have no choice. You can taste things just like you can feel things. When a child is born, Wherever that child gets sustenance, to them, that object of sustenance is God. Children are taught religion. Children are taught hatred. Children are taught, uh, but the natural talent that we have, okay, was born in us. Hitler was born the same way that Malcolm X was born, the same way that that, 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 that any uh, individual is born. But they have things by adults that are put in their minds that molds a negativity. Right. And we must be humble and careful as to what we label as negative. Because we have had parents who have had parents and the mindset of each generation changes based on how much of the uh, bigotry or loving or, or, or spirituality or hatred that the next previous generation instilled in the mindset of the youngster. So I pray that everything that any of us on this phone or in earshot might and personally feel is wrong in this world, there is a next generation or two coming after them that that will make things better. Right. They will look at things a little more decently and make things safer, okay, yep. to try to eliminate some of the hatred and all of that. And you can only do that, that only comes to many people, by parenting. And parenting has to really have made some decisions as to right and wrong before they tell a kid, well, I disagree with Obama and I, I believe I should do this or I, I, I really don't want to go to school or I can use profanity, I like drugs so I'm going to use them or I'm not going to ever use them, I want to be a pastor or I want to be an atheist. All these things are injections that come into a human being's heart. True. But a child, because... Americans love to eat, okay, he or she, nine times out of ten, got some sort of direction, a pointed direction, from someone to become exactly how they are. That's why everybody plays a fool sometimes. 
<laughs> no matter what. More, hey, look, it's some more than others. Hey, that's right. It becomes more and more, and that's what somebody got. Every time somebody come up with a song that makes sense, and a statement that makes sense, generation after generation after generation will embrace it. So again, your original question that this lady uh, called up so she could listen to it and let us know she's listened to it is that it is very important that we be, try to be true to who we are and what we are, but figure out what that is before you tell somebody else yeah. what to do. Well, well, we want to know. We had one in the uh, we had one in the chatterbox over there. They want to know what's next for Cuba Gooding Senior. What do you have in store well, for your future? Cuba Gooding story is a screenplay. Sometime in uh, 2013, uh, we're going to production with Cuba Gooding Story. We'll explain how I got my name, Cuba. My father was born in Barbados a slave, and he didn't like it. So I ran to Cuba and lived there for a while, and then he killed his wife, and he fled to Harlem, New York, and met my mother, who was from Rocky Mountain. She turned around and said, to, uh, well, he said to her, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But the firstborn of the boy, we're going to call him Cuba. And see, my father had also been a, 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 a lieutenant for Marcus Garvey. A lot of you may be too young to remember who he was, but my mother was also uh, an evangelist with Sweet Daddy Grace and Father Divine. Probably some of you are too young to remember who they were, but they had two opposite ideologies with regard to right and wrong, good and bad, racism, non-racism. My father was talking about, let's go back to Africa, we can't get a break. And my mother was saying, it doesn't matter, play the cards that we dealt. Even though they disagreed that severely, they loved me. And so my name being Cuba, and I didn't do too badly. I had to fight a little bit more in the street, but having the name <laughs> Cuba, uh, I felt made me a little unique because I wasn't just somebody with West Indian blood and North Carolinian blood. You know, I didn't find it difficult at all to defend myself and the family. And when Cuba right. Jr. was born, I figured, why should he be happy? He, he needed to be able to fight too. <laughs> <laughs> Let him be able to knock somebody down if they're out of line, just like me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so we, um, and that's and that's the survival factor. And yes, you know, we wound up here, and we're all looking to do something else. We're looking for all of my grandchildren. My firstborn son, who was born when I was 17 years old. He's given me 13 grandchildren, five foster, and he's what? a musician, bass player. You, my bad, my, at, my Thomas were you is on the name. road when he was born? Were you, were you on the no, road? No, I was 17 years yet? old, living in a tenement in Harlem, and oh, a little okay. girl and I went up on the roof. Oh, he was okay. seven. I was 17 when he was born. I didn't meet him until he was 22. Okay. Then I had a hit record when, he, uh, and and then I had a hit record. Well, I was the main ingredient then, you know, and he became a musician. But I mean, that story is a great story. And it happens to be a true story. We're just trying to find a way to uh, get it made without spending so much money that uh, they'll wait until I die to release it so they can keep it all, you know. Right. There's right. a way to work that out. But this has all been, it's all part of the country that we live in. And what it's about, it's a wonderful thing. It's the greatest country in the world. But you've got to pay attention. And you have to have something to sell, and it has to be of value because it's very scary. To be a celebrity in America, there are a hundred pennies and a dollar. You're fortunate if you can pay taxes 
after you pay your lawyer, your agent, your manager, and, and, and all the other people that put you in a position to get to where Lionel Rich is, you're lucky if you can pay taxes on 30, 30 cents out of every dollar that you earn. That's fortunate. Something a lot of people don't pay for twenty-two, and, and and of course they complain about that, and go to jail for evasion. That's because some of the people, they, all of this is in the screenplay. All of it is in the book. Things can happen to you as an entertainer. Of course, it wasn't all being an entertainer. Group broke up. I came to Las Vegas. A lot of people might remember me. There's only two African Americans selling timeshare in Las Vegas at the time, right in the eighties, early eighties at Holiday Clubs International. And uh, I did quite well there for five years. Then turned around, came back, reformed the main ingredient, re- remarried my wife. Then Cuba Jr. turned around and said, show me the money, you know, and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> all of that helped the boy, the boy using my face, using my name. Couldn't use my throat because he can't sing. He got the same throat, but he don't know how to use it that way. But the way he uses it is brilliant. Omar, uh, big television star, hang with Mr. Cooper Smart. These are blessings. You don't brag on blessings. You make youngsters aware of the fact that blessings exist so that they will position themselves to have some. You don't hide the fact or act like you're ashamed of being successful if you're a descendant of slaves, whether you're a descendant of an Irish slave or Hispanic slave or a German slave, you know, everyone has been abused. Every bloodline has been abused somewhere in the past. So, I mean, these youngsters today are going to throw away those old, yesterday uh, uh, negatives that might have kept their parents and parents' parents and parents' parents as a group of people from being happy on earth. I believe in heaven and hell, but I want to get all I can while I'm here, too. I want to feel good. I want my kids to say, I, I want my existence here to have meant something. That's why I do every one of these interviews like this I can, and I do it all over the world. And God bless you, sir, for having me on this show. And, and I totally agree with that thought process, too, because I, I told my kids, you know, and, and even with my music, you know, after my life is over, I, I, I just want to know that it stood for something more than just walking on ants every day. That's right. That's right. And they got to know that you know that. And believe me, them knowing that you felt that way means something. You may not live to see it, but they will look back. Boy, they go to the penitentiary, come out in 20 years and say, now nah, I'm going to try to be more like my father. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But these are facts. These are the everybody don't learn just because you you can't expect anybody to just jump just because you say jump. I don't care how right you are. I'm gonna used to say, son, if you don't hear, you'll feel. You know, I understood that. She, she, you know, and she also used to say to me, if you make your bed hard, you have. Yeah, and and a and a hard head make a what? That's right. That's what it makes it. That's yep. exactly what it makes it. A hard head to make a what? Yeah. Would you forgive me? I've been on here uh, maybe over 45 minutes, and I would like to, if I would be so kind. I've got another interview coming up at 3 o'clock, and i got to walk the dog. 
And I you definitely know, appreciate Because I'm singing, it don't make no difference because I'm singing. I still got to go out there and walk the dog. Otherwise, my boss, you know, will, 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 uh, will give me a demerit. And we don't want, we definitely don't want that. And again, man, I want to take the opportunity from the whole World Movement family and IMD, the show, to thank you for taking time out to come and uh, bless us and enlighten our listeners, man, with your wealth of experience and knowledge, man. And um, hey, we look to hear more from you soon. I hope to work in Vegas, in the Vegas area, uh, as soon as possible. I got some people working on that for me. I'm looking to make, a, looking to make it clear. That it can be a win-win situation Anything short of that Our blessing is not to do any business at all But if we understand that we can have a win-win situation In any business, youngsters, that you do Make sure you know That if they come at you They think they're going to win If you go with them, you have to believe you're going to win In entertainment or any other walk of life Unfortunately, when I was a kid You could be a child until about I don't know, maybe even 14, 15 years old Those days are gone Unfortunately, you better be prepared to be an adult as quickly as possible for survival purposes. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. you got right, to be, pay attention, be aware. And thank you, man, and we'll talk to you soon. No question. Mr. Cuba Gooding, everybody. You'll be able to hear a lot from him shortly. I know he got some new music coming out and going to blow you away. Everybody plays a fool, Mr. Cuba Gooding. That was a powerful, powerful interview. And uh, you'll be able to go back and check it out, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Indie Is. And put your ears on it, y'all. So check it out, let your window down, turn the music up, and let us bless your ears with something like this. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, we're going to have to cut this one short. We're down to the last 30 minutes, 30 seconds of the show. We want to definitely thank Mr. Cooper Gooding Sr. for coming through and blessing us with his time and his energy and his wealth of knowledge. And again, to the entire World Movement family, we will be back next week, same time. And no telling who we're going to have on the show. You know what I'm saying? So come through, check us out. That's the only way you'll know. You know, blessings to you all. And, uh, huh. Keep it popping. For whatever reason you refuse to feel this space we're in, to know it's insanity, really know it, whatever your particular anesthetic is that you hold on to so desperately, the thing I mean that makes you think you know who you are. I realize you walk the danger all the time, I compress my anger, looking for a better way to flow to grow. Looking for another way to go, like walking on a tightrope. Look below, all I see is self-centered cutthroats. You need to roll with your kin folks, only then will you not be a scapegoat. Look at how they act, they own something. What's the first thing they say? Let me hold something. Won't give it back to me if I drop something. All in my face, breath funny. How do I take it? I can't take it no more. I can't take it no more, man. I can't even fake it no more. Too much stress on my chest. After this, I'ma have to wear pants. I gotta represent the West. I'm one of the best get put to the test.
and white at that. You low down lanes, it takes two to play a game. Y'all claim to be so hip and all that shit. White girl lovers talking about you's a black brother. Pig feet eating niggas who explain the advantage of integration and talk about how hip birth control is. They're so hip, they can quote Fanon, Mao, Malcolm, Martin, Leroy, and Eldridge playing tough. But the niggas ain't really rough. Cream puffs is a better word than tough. Y'all better get hip. 